Welcome to Straight Up Hollywood, the podcast that gives you an all-access pass to what's going on in entertainment. Today we have Bill Kevney, our TV reporter fresh in from the TCAs, aka the Television Critics Association, which has just finished two weeks of panels that help us forecast what will be the biggest hits of 2018 on TV and streaming. We're also joined today by Brian Alexander, who's going to be taking us inside his interview with Chris Hemsworth, star of 12 Strong and, of course, Thor. I'm USA Today's uh, Andrea Mandel, West Coast Entertainment Editor. Say hi, guys. Hi. Hi, this is Bill. <laughs> that was Brian. <laughs> I just want to note today, we, we drink on this podcast today. We're drinking um, Walking Dead Pinot, uh, Pinot Noir. Petite Syrah. Uh, the Petite Syrah. <laughs> it's a little zombie named Syrah. Syrah. <laughs> For the swag Cheers. wine that Bill found in his desk. You know, on a zombie show, I'm not sure we should be <laughs> drinking any remnants of it. I don't know. We, if, if you're listening to this, goes well with we're in the middle of award season crunch. And so it's like we just finished, I don't know, Critics' Choice. And now we're about to go into the SAG Awards. The Women's March is Saturday. Bill's been working nonstop since the Globes on TCAs. So we're a little fried, so we will be drinking this entire podcast. And maybe we'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Bill, can you just set the scene a little bit of what TCAs, what, what this uh, two-week-long session is like? Because you guys do this twice a year in the winter and the summer. It's winter and summer. It's about uh, 200 TV critics and writers from around the country in Canada. And they all congregate in L.A. Uh, in the winter, we meet in Pasadena. And all the networks, broadcast cable and, and some streaming services, come and basically do panels, present shows. We do interviews. So you get a, a really good idea of what's coming up for the next four, five, even six months. And it's nonstop. It's, this isn't like a nine-to-five thing. You guys had panels like every day of the week, including the weekends. And it was just every network kind of a dog-and-pony show, right? Every day, yes, for 14 days. I did get one or two. Or, well, I was at the Globes one of the days. <laughs> that was your day off. <laughs> but... Um, one of the ex-presidents sent out an email or tweet, and he said at the end it was 133 panels. So that's Whoa. a lot of panels. Whoa. Whoa. Um, okay. I, I did not go to them, and some are more interesting than others. Well, that's what I was going to ask. It must be kind of mind-numbing after a while just to sit in a room and have talent trot in and out. So I'm curious, like, right off the bat, what stood out to you? Which shows? Um, well, there's, there's some fun stuff. There's... Uh, uh, Bill Hader has a show uh, called Barry that's coming up on HBO uh, this spring, and he plays a Midwestern hitman who comes to L.A., and uh, he's supposed to kill somebody, and kind of he goes undercover in, in a local like theater school company, and he gets into theater. So it's this weird mix, and Bill Hader's very funny. That, that was a fun thing from HBO, which also, I'll, I'll run it by networks. They have uh, the podcast, Two Dope Queens, which is Jessica Williams and Phoebe Robinson, very, very funny women. And they're kind of doing it uh, on stage uh, from Brooklyn. But the clips they showed us were funny. And what's funny at these things, they'll show you some clips. Then the stars will come out, often a producer. But with them, I think it was just the two stars. And they'll talk about it. But sometimes you get an idea of their personality mm -hmm. and their chemistry and the, and they were very they were very uh very engaging um are the questions ever uh, is it all kind of like friendly or are the questions ever combative from the press corps oh, no, in the they room? can they can be both some sometimes some people it's ridiculously fawning and sometimes it's really tough and 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 it's uncomfortable uh, this time you know i, I wouldn't say they're tough but this time there were a lot of serious questions 
especially when they were relevant about sexual abuse in Hollywood, inequity in pay and gender inequality, some serious uh, issues about Donald Trump, who's, you know, kind of infused in entertainment. Uh, uh, I, here's a recommendation and also an interesting thing. They had a Roseanne panel. They're bringing Roseanne back on ABC. I've seen a couple episodes. It's funny, and I'm, I'm pretty down on these remakes because I think we should be cultivating new ideas. But it was fun. What I've seen is fun. But in the show, and I think it's interesting in the show, is Roseanne is a is a Trump supporter in the show, and her sister is an anti-Trumper, which I think is a good thing to have in this day and age. And the, and they can work it for laughs. But the group is more liberal than not. And there was some back and forth with Roseanne. It didn't get ugly. An interesting show for people who keep up with the news is Citizen Rose, which will be on E, which is with Rose McGowan. So let's talk about this. Rose McGowan, of course, was at the forefront of this entire Harvey Weinstein scandal. She's been talking about Harvey Weinstein kind of obliquely for years. But after the New York Times story broke detailing some of his alleged abuses, has become increasingly more vocal about not only what she experienced uh, with Harvey Weinstein, but also just different members of the Hollywood community that are perhaps complicit in his um, actions towards women. And so uh, she's not only established herself as a major voice of the Me Too movement, but she is coming out with both a TV show on E! as Bill mentioned, and a book. A book. And she's not afraid to drop some bombs. I think she's beyond the polite stage. So what's the show going to be about? Well, she's been filming it for three years. I think it's about her life as an advocate. She's actually had some differences with the Me Too movement, and we don't have to go into detail, but she's got her own take. I mean, at one point she said her job is to stop international rapists and child molesters. It was interesting, before the panel started, I think people were a little nervous because... You know, she's I, on Twitter. If she's spoken harshly about people she disagrees with, and there was a little tape video of her, and she basically said, I, uh, "We could, I, I'll take any questions as long as they're polite and respectful, and please don't mention the name of my attacker." Harvey Weinstein, and people didn't during the session, but that was very That's unusual. That's an interesting disclaimer at the beginning of a session. But what's funny, that came up in there, and it didn't go over b- badly, but E, you were at the Globes. E got called out um, for, for pay inequity. That, and Kat somebody Sadler, asked, of course, one can of their hosts she work the for, could she work for E? And she said, I'm fine with it. And then an, an executive came up after and offered an explanation that people are paid differently for roles. I, I'm just... Uh, I'm just explaining that that th- these things get get complex and they're interesting and sometimes the questions are great and sometimes they're not. So, what was your overall impression of her after that panel? I I found her, uh, you know, very intriguing and interesting. I mean, I think I think th- she's had a lot of harm done to her, and I think that's affected her as an ad. You know, she's a strong advocate, but I think she's not the most measured in her comments and i think she's an intriguing personality but you have with e i mean that's the home of the kardashians you know that's the home of so many of these sort of very light and uh, and and not serious uh shows what's the tenor of the show it no it's sharp jonathan murray boone and murray who does the real world is a producer and they had this deal done long before the new york times and the new yorker stories about uh about Weinstein came out. 
But he said it's not the Kardashians. It's a it's a different type of show for E. You know, a lot of these networks, they want to be identified with a certain thing, but at certain points they want to uh, break into different different styles of programming or try to reach a different audience. So that that was one example of that. So that was an interesting panel. I don't really know what the show will be like. They showed some clips, but but it certainly sounds it sounds like it could be it could be interesting. I mean, in more fun, or not fun, but more lighter, back, lighter <laughs> back to entertainment. Shonda Rhimes was there with two shows. One's a Grey's Anatomy spinoff that's set in a firehouse in Seattle. And one is about young lawyers in Manhattan in the the mother court, as they call it. I guess it's the most important district court, Southern District of Manhattan. Are these both ABC shows? Or are They're they? both ABC. Yes, yeah, she said she's off to Netflix with her big deal, but she st- these were already in the hopper at ABC. And the lawyer show, it kind of reminded me of How to Get Away with Murder. I couldn't stand all the, I I wanted all the young lawyers to like off each other. I know I like unlikable characters, but unlikable and annoying kind (laughs) of crosses the line. I'm writing that one down. The the, the Firehouse show, I actually kind of enjoyed. Is it going to be like Chicago Fire, that Taylor? No, it's a a little, well. Kinney, Taylor Kinney. No, I think it's more engaging. Jason George, who plays Ben on, um. He's a surgeon on Grey's Anatomy, becomes a firefighter. The argument is he's kind of seeking his place in life. Although I asked a question at the panel. I said, do you really know a lot of surgeons who become firefighters? <laughs> and isn't there a little different pay scale Stop there? being so realistic, Bill. Well, they acknowledge that. But that's what's funny that came up there is that somebody asked, you know, Shonda Rhimes shows are great for going in the medical storage room and having a torrid you know, love session. And people were asking, well, in the way the world is now. You have to imagine Bill's waving his hands. Well, as he, as he says, love session. The way the world is now. Um, reporters ask, well, uh, is that reflective of what should go on in the workplace? And, you know, th- they had a point, but maybe you're stretching it a little. <laughs> John Rhymes said, well, you don't shoot people in the face in your office either, you know. Mm-hmm. So, that you know, but it is... It's telling that there were a lot of questions that seemed quite there was an awareness Mm -hmm. that maybe attitudes have changed and maybe how we approach certain things have been changed. I saw many more shows and some of this is the networks, you know, putting on their best faces. But there were many more shows, many more women on panels as executive producers, as showrunners, as stars. What about women of color or people of color? Yes, there will. I talked to you about two dope queens. That's one. There were different things. I mean, there was a mix, but there, Stars has a show called Vita. It's a show that's lit, Latinx. Uh, Latinx? It, yeah. It's a way to take out the gender oh. um, huh. label that would be Latino or Latina. I learned something every day. And, and, but she, uh, it's about two sisters who come back to their home in East L.A. They find out there are characters that are, that are gay. There are characters featured that often aren't featured. She'd worked on Looking, which was a show Don't mind about me, I'm just pouring more gay FX men one. in San Francisco. And they were primarily white. And she wanted to give a female perspective, uh, a, a person of, uh, you know, from a person of color. And, and so you do get... You do get more things like that. I, I'll run down. Uh, you know, Atlanta was featured. They didn't I love tell Atlanta. us much, but the season two is called Atlanta Robin season. Well, yeah, it's, but, and it's all set during like Christmas week or something, Well, right? they explained. We didn't know what Ro- it's R-O-B-B-I-N apostrophe season, and that's like the title for the second season. 
and I didn't we didn't I didn't know what it was. And Donald Glover's brother, who's an executive ex- producer, explained it's around Christmas. It's when, and he described it as a lot of people have money and gifts, and a lot of people want money and gifts, and there tends to be a lot of thieving going on. It'll be it'll just be interesting to see if the entire season stays in like set in the holidays. Well, it. Yeah, I don't know if it will or it could, but that's that show was kind of so experimental. Mm-hmm. I could see them doing just about doing just about anything. There were some interesting panels. Uh, oh, a, a show Pose. Ryan Murphy was there. He had the Johnny assassination of Johnny Versace, which premieres this week. Uh, we, you know, intriguing show about, but about uh, the killer of of one of the first openly gay fashion designers and icon, Johnny Versace. Uh, he also has a show called Pose, which is set in the 80s and features, uh, it's kind of, there's a mix. There's kind of a Trumpian 80s element, businessman, but there's also a kind of ball scene, a lot of transgender characters and transgender actors. Playing those characters. Playing those characters. Which is and remarkable. they were on the panel, yeah. and that uh, that's a new development. So, uh, you know... They have a long way to go. I, I think one of the benefits of TV is that there are so many shows and so many networks w- which are reaching niches that there's greater room to offer different things for different people. So that leads me to my uh, follow-up question. Which show or panel won the press tour? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um What's the biggest success story to come out of the TCAs this year? Well, you know, sometimes it's what's funny, but well, Barry was funny. I wasn't there uh, for when there was one Colbert did, has a show on Trump, a cartoon, the cartoon president. Angela Lansbury was there for Little Women, and she was just fun to listen to talking about gaslight, talking about murder she wrote, <laughs> and she was with all these young women, and it was fun to see, you know, somebody who's kind of kind of like legendary uh there as far as hits i think the versace panel also got a lot of uh a lot of interest and and a lot of buzz off that do they like wine you and dine you during this thing are there lots of cocktail parties yes there are um is any of it fun or is it all just kind of like the same thing every day talk to people it it it's somebody nicknamed it years ago uh Death March with cocktails, <laughs> and what does that mean? It it, it just it, it means that you're working around the clock, especially if you're in the hotel. That's all you're doing is working. You know, the 16-hour day, because you're writing stuff when you're and not they in throw panels. You a glass of Chardonnay. And then you go to a party, but at the parties, a lot of the time you're interviewing talent, so it or talking to executives like I do, and and our col- my colleague Gary Levin, TV editor, is very good. You can kind of get a feel for the whole industry during this two-week period. And the great thing about TV, and it's eroding a little there, is that it's the one time that, like, the executives have to go up on the stage and answer direct questions. And you don't you don't really get that in other forms of entertainment. And it's pretty cool, but I, some of them were cutting back on that this year. So I, that, I don't know the fate of that. They That's, must be a little bit more afraid of foot-in-mouth syndrome than usual. Perhaps, but I, I think the changes in media, the changes in journalism, um, it's a different dynamic. A number of people who are at Press Tour now are freelance. It's its a different dynamic, uh, a different world we live in. And there's a lot more bigger, bigger corporate control of these networks. And they tend to not 
be as freewheeling as kind of old-style Hollywood entertainment. I have one uh, inside the Beltway question. So Disney, of course, just closed a deal to uh, buy out Fox, essentially. And I'm wondering what that will mean for its TV arm. But I'm mostly wondering um, if that was in the air at the TCAs, like what will become of the edgier Fox FX shows once Disney, which is a more kind of sanitized environment, kid-friendly, takes ownership. Yeah, that did come up. It came up on the first day because it was the Fox Broadcast Network the first day. And actually, the Fox Broadcast Network would go with the other Fox properties. Disney would get the Fox TV studios. It would get the Fox movie studios. It would get FX, which is really the – that's the cutting-edge Fox channel. And and they do some great stuff. They've got – you know, Versace, they got a lot of Ryan Murphy stuff. Um, they have a, a series called Trust, uh, which is the Getty story, kind of like all the money in the world, but on TV. And Atlanta is theirs. And Atlanta is there. Better Things is there. Uh, you know, and they had Louis C.K. and they've kind of disconnected from him. Somebody said that that they didn't think it was in ABC's interest to Disneyfy the Fox properties that would give them some edge. Uh, there's Fox Searchlight is kind of on does the movie that, side. On the movie yeah. side, does they put out a lot of indies like indies. Twelve Years a Slave, Black Swan, and people fear because they used to have the Weinstein's doing that kind of stuff at Disney. They had Touchstone, and they don't have those things anymore. And Disney has gone to kind of a broader based uh, approach. But a lot of the people with, with thinking of both FX and the and the Fox Studio, they said you would lose a lot of whatever you're paying, a lot of the value of this if you tried to turn it into something bland. So for those listening that mostly just care if their favorite TV shows are going to go away or be changed, what do you think once Disney actually uh, finalizes this deal? I I think they'll be fine. I mean, Modern Family is a Fox TV studio show. It's on ABC. It's had a little edge. Uh, This Is Us is on NBC. I I don't think they'll mess with it. And frankly, uh, the Fox people, a lot of times, you know, they blow smoke, these guys. I think some of them really don't know exactly what's going to happen. It's so new. And it's it's a weird dynamic. We will continue to keep you abreast of what's going on on the industry side in this town. But first, I think we should talk Thor, my favorite uh, my favorite superhero in the land. Is that he? he's up there now, especially after Thor three, because Taika yeah, Waititi right. directed I mean, it. That right? was just really he revolutionized that character. So Brian Alexander, film reporter, sat down with Chris Hemsworth uh, technically to talk about this new film that's out uh, this weekend called 12 Strong. But I have a feeling the conversation detoured into Thorland. It did indeed, because he's just come off, first of all, the uh, absolute success of, of Thor 3, uh, which uh, was the highest grossing uh, Thor movie, and really it reinvented the character. Uh, he just uh, filmed uh, Avengers 3 and Avengers 4. Which completes his contract, right? Yes. So I spoke to him about 12 Strong, two days after he just finished what could be his final Thor. So there was very much a look forward uh, to what's ahead. We'll get to uh, 12 Strong in a second, but I'm curious, does he have character burnout after playing Thor, or does he want to keep this kind of character and also, uh, I would say, like financial opportunity going? Well, yes. I mean, that's been the great thing. It's sort of the ultimate thing to have if you're an actor is to have, to be able to do other parts and then tap back into this wildly successful franchise, uh, Marvel, nobody does it like Marvel. And Chris Hemsworth has always had trouble, leading man trouble in his past 
when he's without Thor. So like in the heart of the sea and Rush, these are these are movies that were good, but they didn't get a lot of attention. Right, exactly. From audiences, but he's always very much uh, one of Hollywood's most sought after leading man, uh, with a great help from Thor. And I think playing that same sort of character possibly could get old. He has said that he was getting tired of the character. I don't know how how believable uh, that is. But whatever the case, Thor 3 just completely shattered everything. The movie was hilarious. They completely reinvented Thor. He put his complete stamp on it. They cut his hair. Uh, they got rid of uh, the mallet. You know, the Thor hammer is gone. And, uh, and it was just funny. Yeah. Irreverent. Yeah. And they just decided, you know, he said Kevin Feige, who's the Marvel president, said, you know, we've done Thor by the to please the comic books. Up till now, now you put your stamp on it, and they completely did. The movie was a smash success, critically acclaimed, 93% on, on Rotten Tomatoes or something along those lines. And Chris Hemsworth says, I'm really enjoying this character. Um, I feel like we can totally take off and put it in a completely new new, new level. Uh, there's so much room for a Thor 4. That's what he said to you? Yes. In fact, he had been out on New Year's Eve celebrating with Taika, the director, uh, and they were cheersing, and I said, well, were you cheersing the success of three? And he's like, no, but we're also cheersing four, and here's what he said about that. We, we're really close friends. Um, he just spent New Year's with us in Australia, and, and I saw him last night, and we're always sort of, you know... Did you cheers over New Year's and go, like, to yeah. Thor 4? Well done. We did, a few times. <laughs> to <laughs> Thor 3 or 4? Oh, for 3. <laughs> but also going, wow, what are we doing for? If we could do this and this, and then we're all sort of... Throwing ideas around, but also just to work together again, you know. Yeah. It, um, they, that was the, one of the most, uh, most enjoyable sort of creative partnerships I've ever had with yeah. someone. So it could happen. Yeah. Well, I think you know, I think Marvel would be kind of crazy not to sort of see where that goes. And of course, Avengers is so far down the line. I and mean, we're talking 2019 before Avengers 4. There are 74 different characters, and so many of these. Every one of these kind of comes up, and everyone's like. They should have their own spinoff. They should have their own spinoff. Uh, and, of course, Marvel's moving on to a different phase. I kind of have to believe, though, with the way Thor 3 went, you got to go back to Thor 4. I mean, And Marvel is notoriously uh, cheap with their talent, but you have to wonder, and if you've been reading uh, USA Today's content recently, you'll know that we have been talking a lot about money in Hollywood. You have to wonder if he would get a sweeter deal and or like some back-end points and like really you know, cement his financial future if he were to sign on for more Thor? I think he's pretty... Uh, he's pretty cemented, I would think. Or well, yeah. but beyond that, Expensive I think he would... to live a Hollywood life. He actually <laughs> told me that he brought it up on set with Feige about really? actually doing another Thor. And he said some of his other people had as well. And Feige's like, you know what? Let's just focus on <laughs> Avengers. Avengers, it's going to be... It's not going to be for another... You know, we won't even see it for another year. But didn't so. he say they were brainstorming ideas? Yeah, that's on New Year's. Yeah. yeah. That, well, that's what... <laughs> That's what I love, though. It's like fan fiction. Fans can do this all the time. But you've got the guy who's Thor, and you've got the director, and it's like, oh, this could actually happen. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about the actual movie at hand, 12 Strong, yes. which I'm sure you got to eventually in your interview with yes, him. Yes, yes, yes. What is this movie? Is it good? And what did, what did, what did Chris say about it? Chris well, being Chris Hemsworth. Well, he actually did it just before he went off to Avengers, uh, th shoot Avengers 3 and 4. And this is kind of a classic war tale, which we see in January. Uh, January seems to be the month where we get these kind of true life war tales uh, coming to the screen. And this is based on a true story. After 9-11, the first group to hit the ground in Afghanistan were these Green Berets. And in order to stop the Taliban at a very key juncture, they had to take horseback 
over the over the mountain ridge. Some of them had very little or no horseback like riding. Throwback scare. military tactics. It's right? amazing. It's kind of a wild scene to be watching a movie. If you were, if you were watching a, a movie now and you're seeing modern day warfare on horseback, you'd be like, no way this happened. But this actually happened. It was classified uh, for many years. There's actually uh, just became dis- declassified, but there's actually a statute at the base of 9/11 uh, uh, of these soldiers on horseback really? commemorating these soldiers. Wow. Yeah, wow. and they really did have a really key victory in terms of stopping the Taliban. And it's a good, solid war movie that pays respects to some real oh. American heroes. Cool. So we we know that Chris uh, Hemsworth was used to playing the God of Thunder, but did he know how to ride horses? He did, actually. His movie? wife also uh, is, uh, who is actually plays his wife in the movie. Oh, really? She horsebacks all the time. So he looks quite good uh, on horseback. So is Chris Hemsworth still like a relatable nice guy or is he like big movie star kind of No, he's just I mean, a total salt of the earth, says what's on his mind. And, you know, in this case, he really doesn't know. He wants Thor to come back and that's clear. Uh, he wants to return uh, and he's looking ahead, you know, to a possible future without Thor and he said it was scary. You know, that's scary for him. Uh, and uh, also a little relieved that he can get a little break. Uh, and figure out some more projects. Everybody needs a break. If you guys have any Soon questions. Soon to be Disney wine. Soon to be Disney no, wine. No, it's AMC wine. We can't. <laughs> if you guys have any questions about TV shows or movies, please uh, tweet at us. I'm at Andre Mandel. I'm at Brian Alexander. And I'm at Bill Kev. And please, please review us, rate us on iTunes, subscribe to the podcast so we can keep going. And we will see you right here next week. 